Thank you for tuning in to the Educational Leadership Podcast. We are meeting with educational leaders from around the great state of Texas. Hear their stories and gain insights into educational leadership. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining another episode of the Educational Leadership Podcast. Today, we have our co-host, Corinne French. Woohoo! So glad to be here. Yes, exciting. Another podcast. We have Billy, and I may pronounce your last name wrong. I hope I don't. <laughs> Maybe you should say it. Lejudas. Lejudas. Billy Lejudas. <laughs> and Billy is here from Hutto ISD. She's on the board of Hutto ISD. And Billy, just thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. I'm excited and one of my favorite topics. Yes, yes, we're excited too. Uh, to kick this off, if you can, tell us a little bit about your background and what are you passionate about in public education? Um, well, my background, um, I am, I had been a single mom, raised four kids, uh, and in the middle of that, I um, got my associate's degree and then on to get my bachelor's degree. Um, and um, sometimes people think that's crazy, but how did you do all of that? But it all points back to um, part of the reason why I serve. And that's just, you know, to set that example and just then it was to show my kids that, you know, we can do this together. And sometimes that means sacrifice. Sometimes that means, um, you know, pulling together and encouraging one another and rooting for one another. Sometimes that means um, doing things that you might not otherwise do, but we did it. I, I raised my kids and I got my degree. And um, so one of the things that I am uh, really passionate about, you know, especially with public education is um, the advocacy, advocacy for for our students and for the people that are impacting them. I, I know that when I meet people at sessions at SLI or governance camp, I, I hardly ever, ever forget them and they become part of my circle of uh, trusted friends. And I, I when, when Facebook friends and we get to connect and the idea of going back to school as a single mom, uh, I did that also. And so first, I just want to tell you, congratulations. And thank you. thank you for dreaming big for yourself and for your family. Because when you do that, when I did it, it wasn't just about needing to prove something to someone. It, it was, it, for, I knew I, I loved being a mom and I, I, didn't, I yes. didn't feel less than because I didn't have a degree. But when you have the opportunity to, to get an education and like you mentioned, like the stuff with your kids, like in, in kind of doing things together. Um, what an example for them. And so congratulations. Uh, and how did the idea of starting running for school board on top of all this? Because I was single mom <laughs> on the school board too, when I was a trustee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, you know, with um, four kids, all unique personalities, all um, have their own gifts and, and passions and stuff. And um, so one of one of the four early on, I think that, um, you know, he struggled um, in school. And so, um, 
you know, just trusting the system to do what the system says that they're there to do and, and provide interventions and, you know, do all the things. He had some really amazing um, teachers, like trying to support him and doing the best um, they, they could, but um, uh, it, it just didn't seem to be enough. He just continued to struggle. And though he would, you know, catch up, then summer would come or a break would come and we'd be back to square one, um, that kind of thing. So learning through that process of what it means to get him tested, what it means for me as his mom to have a voice to say, this isn't enough. Something is still not right. Um, that I learned a lot through that. I, I found a, a part of my voice that I didn't know was there mm. as his mom. And it just made me realize like, you know, how many other people don't know that they have a voice and that they know their kids best. They know. And um, so that that voice is valuable in your kid's education. And so that really is what prompted me to decide to run. Like I wanted to be a voice for kids and I wanted in, to be that voice for um like I said, the people that put on the badge every day and come to work hard for these kids. Thank you. And how long have you been serving? Our guests, uh, I love for our guests to know some, a time frame and some context. Yeah, um, I'm in currently in my 13th year on the board. Well, Billy, you made a, a great point there when you're describing your story and the situation with your family. So I, I think it's easy to fall back on, first, first I wanna preface, no system is perfect, right? No system, whether it's public education, whether it's some technology that's out there, nothing is mm -hmm. perfect, right? And it's easy just to, um, it's, it's easy and it's, I mean, it's a variety of different words, but basically only depending on the system to expect an outcome for everyone is, you know, you might not be happy with the results, right? Right. So, so having that, having that eye as a parent, or even a, even a staff member of, of a school district, right, to keep an eye out for those those um, situations where the the system is not working for that particular individual. And being able to customize a solution depending on on those needs, I think is so critical. And this could be related to students. It could be related to running the school district. It could be related to finance. It could be related to a lot of different things mm -hmm. around um, whether it be a school district or a business or a family or a, a piece of technology, right? It's um, so I think it showed a lot of wisdom for you to to see that and. Um, it, it, and it's definitely a testament to you as a parent. And I, I think for those listening in, I mean, whether you're a parent or a staff member, it's definitely definitely a mindset to have. And so, yeah, I, I, I applaud you for that. I think it's a great lesson to whether you're a parent or, or you know, member of a school district listening in. Yeah, thanks. I, I think too, you know, I think about, um, sometimes in that we have also have to be careful not to make assumptions about, you know, and I don't think anything was ever malicious, but sometimes you think like, oh, you have supportive parents at home. So, 
you know, or you have this or that or, or whatever, but sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. So. And it gets difficult. I think I, I personally think when you are emotionally invested in your job or what you represent, whether it be public education or business or anything, when you're emotionally invested, it's hard to hear that, right? It's mm -hmm. hard to hear that, that, you know, quote your baby, whatever you want to call it, you know, your system that you're embracing isn't, isn't working for everyone. And to get that kind of feedback, I think it takes a level of humil humility to be able to receive that and make adjustments for, for the students as needed. So, um, so anyways, uh, just a thought there. What is, so I, I know once you get started and you find your voice and you recognize that you can speak up for others, I love how you mentioned the badge, like the students, the, the, the teachers and the, the faculty, staff, uh, support staff, paraprofessionals, everyone that goes in, they're, they're, they're going there and they're, uh, they're, most people, I would say the largest majority possible is going there to do the best work um, That's right. possible and they need people speaking up um, over the years what have you noticed as changes in your leadership style so you come maybe you're you started in the motivation in one way have you noticed some changes in your leadership style or in your motivation or what keeps you going absolutely um i you know i will um full 100 confession when you first start and you don't really know what you're doing. I didn't as a trustee. And um, so I talk about this often, you know, when you first start, um, you, you want to, because you know, these people, they're your friends, they're people that you, you know, are investing. So you want to solve their problems. You want to be their voice. You want to do things. And um, so in the beginning, you know, it was like a huge emotional investment. Like I want everybody to be happy and, and that kind of thing. But over the years, just realizing that you can't solve everyone's problems. And um, this was a huge lesson for me to learn, you know, also that um, sometimes what, some, what is someone's problem today isn't their problem tomorrow. And here I would be still carrying their problem around trying to solve it for them. And, and that was their problem yesterday. They've moved on today. So I'm the only one who's carrying that around still. So um, I, I've learned really, truly, I know that people probably get tired of hearing this, but really, truly that, that difference between managing and governing and what that looks like. And and that's hard, especially when you're like a people person, when you're an empathetic person, when you, you know, have that, that desire um, to think that because you're not, you know, maybe addressing somebody's personal, you know, problem or, or situation that you don't care. It's not that you don't care. It's that in this role what is my, you know, focus? What is my purview? What is my, you know, thing? And it's not that I don't care about you or care about your problem, but let's put this into perspective and into the perspective of where I fit into that. Okay. You said so many things I want to come to. First, <laughs> thank you for um, 
being honest and vulnerable and saying like how you were carrying something and it wasn't like the next day it wasn't um as, as big of a deal that's the, the part of empathy and being a caring leader that we we need we want people to have that but but managing our energy in that space i think is hard so i want you to be thinking of like how you've been able to stay emotionally healthy physically healthy you know to manage leadership because the cost of leadership is can be tough but then of course you hit on my top favorite topic of governance versus leadership. It's a mm -hmm. very different role as a trustee um, than being an administrator and being a teacher. And the roles, I think when you care a lot and you know the people, it's hard to not do want to do the work, but we're a group of seven that hires one superintendent. So a team of eight. And so carrying those things can, can be difficult. So Thank you for bringing up my favorite topic. Thank you for being vulnerable and saying that it, at, in the beginning, it was harder to manage. I think we want to be, we want our listeners and people who, who want to become leaders to know that it doesn't, you just don't wake up being a great leader. It takes mm -hmm. and in each role. It takes a little bit, but how do you stay? Um, how do you stay? Okay. In all of this, you know, how do you stay in a good space? Um, yeah. And I guess maybe, and I'm going to kind of dump us something here, you know, one, I think, and I'm so I'm looking for like how you do it, but then also maybe giving a tip how someone else can do it. Mm -hmm. I, I think truly, um, you know, just, again, being fully transparent, I, I'm not always in that good place. Like sometimes, you know, things, um, I, I carry things so what I have learned is really having those um, one or two, I have two really trusted um, people in my life who can tell me those difficult things, can keep, help me keep a heart check and, and, you know, and continue to remind me of why, why, why are you doing this? And, and not, um, you know, really just having that support mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. that um, that is what keeps me like focused and keep and when I get off track I have these two ladies in my life that help you know get me refocused um, that's good I, I mean the, the support of friends because what my I've I have people that would do that for me also and they don't even it's not that they know the details you know it's not like you come exactly. home from a board meeting and tell them details they can just see that you're carrying something because you care like you care about this or you wouldn't be doing it because we don't right. get trustees don't get paid and you you give up a part of, of in, in some ways, I think when you're a parent in a district, in many ways, you give up a, a, a certain voice of free where I'm, I'm hearing you say that was why you one of your motivations for doing it. And, and I think that's, that happens, but then you also have to like, now you're in a different role where it's almost you, the mom hat has to come off mm -hmm. and you have to put governance hat on and and that's a, it can be, that's a, a lot of roles to uh, navigate. I think one, right. one tip I have, and I'm wondering if, if this is something that you've been able to do and you see other people doing is, is carving out time 
um, in the week to do board work. So reading the board book is an extensive process if, if you do it right. So, um, and, and kind of guarding that time as if it was, it's like a job, yes. like this is what I'm gonna do. Did you, do you do things like that? And do you have any tips for new trustees? Um, because there's no way you're gonna learn, be able to learn everything, but yeah, uh, some tips some practical tips like that do you have for some new trustees or for some, some season? season. <laughs> I think um, number one, how critically important it is to come to meetings prepared. So whatever that looks like for you. For me, I'm a planner. Everybody who knows me knows <laughs> that about me. So I do have those times scheduled in my, you know, planner of this is my quiet time. This is my, you know, so that's what works for me, though. I have to plan that out. Um, but I, I would say, you know, just, you know, really how important it is to come prepared to the meeting. So however that looks for you, however that fits into your schedule, um, you know, just make it a priority, however that looks. But the other thing I wanted to say, this is a little bit off topic, but I think would be a really interesting um, topic to hear from the kids of school board members. Like, I know my kids have very um, unique experiences being the kid growing up with their mom on the school board. Um, so that would, um, to me, that would just be really fun um, podcast to hear, like, from their perspectives. Um, I love it. I would, I, because mine are, some of mine are still in school, some have graduated. Um, and that would be interesting because how, how they even perceive, uh, and how that has impacted their life yes. in positive and negative ways. I'm, I'm, I would, yes. I would venture to say that my children could say, um, that in some ways that's a negative because I don't get involved, really involved, uh, because I don't want, I, I didn't want to be overly involved that over and use my my position uh, to impact them. And right. so I, I was like not at, I wasn't up there like making myself, you know, using my power well, I'm the school board president. So right. give my kid an A like that would not just never ever. So I didn't, I probably helped my kids <laughs> didn't help yeah. them at all, but that would be great. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I love what you said at some point, one point I'd heard you say about your kids have given you permission to talk about some of these things. And I, I think that's, that's so, you're such a beautiful mom. Like yeah. that's, you're beautiful on the outside, but that's so beautiful because I, my kids, we've talked about things all, with my kids also. And um, it's important that we give adult children and our, our children that respect. And so um I, mm -hmm. I knew I loved you. I knew I appreciated <laughs> you, but that just solidifies even more how great of a person you are to honor your kids in that way. So I just well, want to thank you for that. You know, one other question you asked is how my leadership style has changed. And I don't just say this because I'm on this podcast with you, but this was really impactful. I went to, um, I think you were with Faye. Remember the women in leadership workshop at, at one of the conferences and um, to hear, you know, other women giving other women permission to be the leader that they're called to be. I didn't always feel that I, you know, didn't always feel empowered and not in a, you know, haughty negative mm -hmm. way, but empowered, like, yes, 
if I have the freedom to say this, yes, God has given me get certain gifts and I've known they're there, but to be able to say, I can use these for good. Um, you know, so just to have that freedom that really impacted me and I Mm -hmm. carried that and grown with that. Thank you. I remember that day that I met you. And I remember there was a woman in the audience who said that she had, she lost her confidence and that session brought it back. And I think that that's so important for us to get that out as women, but all just leaders in general, that we mm-hmm. may go up and down in our feelings at times and how we're showing up as a leader, but um, we are called to leadership. If we're called to leadership, then we might not always feel great about it, but but encouraging each other. Um, I remember that day and thank you for mm-hmm. mentioning that because those sessions are so important for us to be vulnerable and real because we're humans. Like we That's are real right. people. You are a mom. And, and when you um, show up at that meeting, you still have your mom heart and it doesn't go away just because you have to suddenly think of the rest of the students in your district. So yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a powerful lesson, and and men face similar things. I'm speaking for all the men here. Just so you know. <laughs> um, I mean, we we have our ups and downs too. And but what you just said, yeah, I listened to a podcast, uh, Gary V. I don't know if you ever heard of Gary V. Gander, Gary mm-hmm. Vanderchuk. Um, I listened to his podcast, and not always, but you know, occasionally I'll run across it, and. Um, he, he said something in one of his podcasts, and it was similar to that. He said, if you're waiting for permission, here it is. You have yes. permission. And I think so many people out there, they have these gifts, they have these talents, but they've kind of been bottled up for a while. You know, they're, they're showing up and doing the, the, you know, whatever their task is for the day that somebody told them to do, but they don't have that. And I, I know our last podcast, we we're talking about on vision and mindset of having that vision, having that mindset. But before you even can pursue that vision or mindset, you have to believe in yourself and, and believe that it's okay. It's okay to get out there and make things happen. You, you got yes. permission to do it. And so I, at least that's what I, when you made, made that statement, uh, that it brought me back to that. And I, I think that was so powerful. Well, I wondered when I heard that that day, I, I left wondering, I wonder how my life would have been different if, I had that permission in my early twenties or, you know, and that I, I think about that. How would my life have been different? Um, well, say your own statement. We're going to put you on the spot here. What would be your own giving, giving our listeners, what would be your one liner of advice to give them permission? Um, how would you add to that? Like, what would you say they need and what tip would you have for them? Uh, that is putting me on the spot. I, I would just say um, we all have gifts and talents to give and don't be afraid to give what you have um, because the world needs it. Everybody has a contribution to make and the world needs each of our contributions together. So that, that would be it. <laughs> The world does need it. And we're so glad. I'm so glad I met you. I'm so glad that this worked out for us to have a podcast today. Um, It's such an honor to have, I know that school board trustee, their time is, is precious. And so thank you for giving us some of your time today, Billy, and sharing your heart. Your district is so blessed to have you in this state is so blessed to have you speaking up for all students 
and um, you are just you. a delight. So thank you. Thank you, you both. Yes, yes. These interviews are are always so thought provoking. Like hearing different perspectives, and and um, someone that has done what you, what you you have done. You know, a single mother with your children and your involvement, and not only involvement with the family but with the community. Um, I don't think we we celebrate that enough as a society. Mm -hmm. And um, so, awesome interview. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank um, you. Yes, yes. It, Okay, well, I'm going to close this out. But before we uh, close out the, the podcast, I want to give a, a shout out to our sponsor, Ideal Impact. Ideal Impact is providing hundreds of millions of dollars to school districts. And it's zero out of pocket to the district. Over 178 districts in Texas have partnered with Ideal Impact so far. Doesn't involve taxpayers, doesn't involve the government. A lot of people like to hear that, you know, when it comes to taxes. Mm -hmm. And so reach out to Ideal Impact if your district would like some unrestricted funds that you can use for anything. And for those of y'all that have been tuning in, stay tuned for future episodes of the Educational Leadership Podcast.